All right, Gresham, 4A, 12 o'clock, actually 12.01. I know Gresham's listening. He's going to tell me, you gave the wrong time. Coming on now is Tom E. Kern on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, Tom E. Kern. Let me pull him up first so we can listen to all his sponsors because nobody has more sponsors than Kern. Maybe Razor. So, Tommy, <laughs> talk to you in five minutes. Tom. Hold on, I'll talk to you. Yeah, well, hang up, call back in like eight minutes, and uh, then we'll start uh, the, que- the answers and questions. Okay. Uh, brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lepresti. That's my guy, too, Curran. Uh, at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern and Christian Fourier at 1 800 Get Hair. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight hold that's holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. And uh, here he is, Tommy Kern on the Harbor One Hotline. Woo! Hey, Tom, how are you? I know. Tremendous. Getting you're- ready for Quick Slant. Quick Slant's back tonight at 6 o'clock. I actually saw that you're going to have a one-on-one with uh, Devin McCourty. And who else are you having on? Uh, our guy, Michael F. Hurley, will be there. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. He's always amusing, and I love his insight, so God bless him. Just waiting for an invite. Just only been like 100 years, but that's okay. So I Seriously? saw that I saw that yeah. you have a poll going right now on Twitter. Uh, yeah. And since the end of the season, the Patriots' additions and, and subtractions have made them what? And you uh, have four options, better, worse, about the same, and they did something. So, I mean, which one are you picking with all the additions and subtractions? I think there are a lot better i hate to say that because i think people roll their eyes and think i suffer from stockholm syndrome which is when you start to sympathize with your captors but Mm -hmm. i think that they're a lot better bill the main problem with the 2022 patriots we can all agree is they were poorly coached on offense and couldn't find their ass with both hands now they should be able to do that they've upgraded one tight end position they've stayed the same at the slot i think but they've lost some leadership and institutional knowledge with Juju, uh, Juju coming in and Jacoby going out. You know, all of these moves on offense to make their offensive line better. Yeah, Riley Reef is not going to be the second coming of, you know, Anthony Munoz. But getting the offensive line better, constructing an offense that can take heat off the defense, and the re-signs on defense with Jabril Peppers, yeah, you're going to miss Dev, no doubt. But I think they're a better team. See, you call it Stockholm Syndrome, but – I'm with you, and I feel like there's never been more pushback from the people who say, hey, they are better. It's almost like people are resistant to admit that things have changed, right? Because it seems like everybody they're signing is or guys who were on the team before or just like a comparable mm-hmm. replacement for the guy that was here before, right? Like I don't know how many debates and you know uh, opinions I've had about whether Jacoby was better than Juju or, or, or is Jonu going to give you – or is Gasecki going to give you more than Johnny, right? You know, the, the pros and cons of all these guys. I think a lot of it revolves around the pining for recognizable names and talent that are going to make Sundays when the team has the ball that much more exciting. So if they're better or not is not as intriguing to people as saying, all right, mid-March, can you give me some receivers? Can you give me somebody to get excited about? How about Kosicki? Eh, no, that's not enough. I want DeAndre Hopkins. Why? He's 31, and he's barely played in a playoff game in his life despite all his production. I don't care. What about Lamar Jackson? Well, he only plays 80% of the games every year, and it's probably not going to get any more durable. I don't care. And that, to me, is the feeling of there's Tyreek in Miami. There's Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. There's Josh Allen in Buffalo, and you're running out there with, you know, this 
you know, homegrown militia of guys who are going to try and deal with them. And it's not going to work. All right, so let's stay on the weaponry front before we get to the ball carriers, Tom. It, all things being equal, if if only they would be, would you rather trade for DeAndre Hopkins, giving up less equity probably, getting him for a couple of years at reasonable wide receiver one money, or would you rather have to give up a little more capital for a guy on the ascent like Jerry Judy and then have to pay him a bag? I'd rather get OBJ. <laughs> You're kidding. I really would. Nope. I would rather get OBJ for seven million and eleven million if he does everything correctly, or six million, or something like that. Honestly, wow. Okay. The reason is I just think he's better after the catch than DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a down the field, um, you know, pre-top fifty-fifty ball guy. But they have that to an extent. Oh my God, is he going to say Devontae Parker? I am going to say Devontae Parker. I know I just said Devontae Parker and DeAndre Hopkins in the same sentence. Sorry. But you have that. You also have a second-round pick who can run a 4-1 or whatever it is with Tyquan Thornton. So do you want to bog him down and get into the third year and you still don't know what you have with Tyquan Thornton? I would say if you walk out there with OBJ and Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyquan Thornton and Jasicki and Hunter Henry and Who's my guy? I'm, they have so many guys. I'm forgetting them. Yeah, but hey, Tom, even even with that, even let's just say you do have the money, like because you know he's saying that okay, a four isn't going to cut it, and the twenty is not reality. But say it's somewhere between six to seven million dollars. Doesn't it become more of a destination, my best chance to win sort of thing with a veteran player like him well, that's set out that's a, good. right? I mean, it's like this is not this is your last resort here, right? Well, he's running around on social media trying to make sure that everybody knows he'd be interested in playing there. And he's, you know, intimated that he, oh, I'd be happy to go back. I have unfinished business with the giants. If I'm a player, I might look at the giants and say, well, they were a playoff team last year and Daniel Jones played pretty well and they don't have any wideouts. Maybe I'll go there. But I think the Patriots have potential to be better than the giants. They have a season like the giants did last year. I, I really do. I just think that we're underrating Same. how bad. Yep the offense was and how much of a difference having somebody who's not just okay, but pretty good at designing offense is going to make this team. Yeah. By, oh, I apologize. So I'm sorry. No, I was just hearing Kristen say same. And I, and I, I wonder if she, I just thought that it's you know, the unpopular position. Around. It's the unpopular opinion to admit that a simple change and, I, and I'll call it simple, but it isn't, it's so substantial and I would only feel comfortable saying this, Tom, if I if I didn't live it in real time in in offense by, on an offense or as a special teams guy. Like back in, when I was younger with the Seahawks, I've seen it become such a difference. It just it's it's uh, I just feel like people don't want to give it credit. Like they just don't want that to be the re- the only reason. They were so bad. They were so bad, Fitzy. And I think yep. that we underrate just how bad it was. Like. It was as bad as we thought it would be, and maybe worse. Oh, Tom, they were legendarily pathetic. They were even worse to the watch, to the eye. I don't even think the stats, the, I know it was the lowest scoring offense in Bill Belichick's time as coach of the Patriots, but the, the ineptitude there was, was legendary. And, you know, this gets into the whole, all the improvements they need to make to become relevant for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons again this year. But um, the moves that they've made thus far, 
Belichick is telling you that he liked his defense last year because he's re-signing John Jones, Raekwon McMillan, your guy, Big Cal Davis, my guy, Daniel Equale. You know, they make a lot of moves. They obviously weren't happy with special teams. They're spending there probably a little too much for my liking. Um, maybe they did like the offense a little bit more than we thought they did last year, and Billy O will be the answer to a lot of it. But to me, a lot of these moves seem like not sidesteps or maybe sort of like lateral moves like Juju might be a little bit better than Jacoby Myers. And when it comes to Damian Harris, good running back, maybe a little dinged up at times for Bill's liking. Why do you think he decides to go with James Robinson, who kind of underperformed last year when he's already got a guy that his teammates like and that Mac likes and Damian Harris, who now goes to a great fit in Buffalo? Um, I don't know. He's been a valuable productive player who scored 15 touchdowns two years ago has good leadership awfully loud guy i think anyone who covers the team can agree on that um in the locker room and i just always thought it was it could be a little bit odd mm-hmm. um he was just a noisy fella he barks a lot um so does yeah, Mac. Just nonstop. And and I just, you know, you'd be doing an interview with a player and he'd go by and woof, 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 or he'd interject. And, and I'm not saying the players didn't like him. It's just the production in 2022 wasn't great. He's a quirky-ish personality. He's extremely um, fun to talk to when he's in front of the mic. But you got Kevin Harris, you got Pierre Strong, you added James Robinson, those were guys when they added Harrison Strong, you could say, okay, they're probably moving on from Damian Harris. And that's what they did. So to me, all the things together, what I'm saying is with Harris, while he was productive, he gets hurt. He's quirky. I don't know if the quirkiness had anything to do with anything, except it's a weird media observation that I might be in the minority of, but they have guys. All right. So we're talking to Tommy Kern on the Harbor one hotline and Tom. So we got the news that, uh, Dante Hightower officially retired. He announced his retirement and had this whole little article in the Players' Tribune. And, you know, Fitz and I were just talking. Now, if you removed Brady from this, like, list, we'll call it a list, could you make a case that Dante Hightower is one of the most impactful players, like top five impactful players in Patriots history? Yeah. You could definitely make the case because you're not going to get a chance to have Malcolm Butler make the pick in 2014 on the goal line if Dante Hightower yeah. hadn't got his hand on the quadricep of Marshawn Lynch. You're not going to execute the comeback in 2016 if you don't have just that strip set. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, I was segueing to 2018 in my head. And in 2018, he was just in a human wrecking ball. I mean, he did things to Tyler Higby that were inhuman. If you roll it back and say Dante Hightower, Tyler Higby, devastation, you'll find it. Just throwing people around. He had a hit on Jared Goff in the end zone on a pressure. He was just a, a menace that day. So that's three Super Bowls that he was directly impactful in. Excellent leader, very smart player, did everything the Patriots asked of him. Um Really an enjoyable guy to cover. I really enjoyed, you know, I thought he was a thoughtful guy and kind of McGinnisty in in a lot of ways. As far as like I, regulating, yeah, not not in as in in as overt a way as McGinnis, maybe. But I don't think you ever wanted to get Dante Hightower pissed off at you. 
No, that was he was a big bad man. And in addition to all those clutch plays, Tom, they were all the small. Like Christian and I were talking earlier, the first game he played against Tennessee in 2012, Chandler Jones has the strip sack. He's got a scoop six in that play. 2016, I remember a game against the Bengals. The Patriots were just asleep for most of the game. Hightower came off a blitz, just wrecked Andy Dalton, got the team going. Like He was responsible for so much more than even just those big three plays as well. So I hope he is held up in the same kind of regard that the McGinnis and the Brewskis and the Vrabels are because he was so impactful. Um, Just want to get on the way out the door a quick thought. Cameron Jarrell Newton, my, your, everyone's favorite New England Patriot of the last couple of years, speaking of guys that were great on the microphone and magnetic for the right and wrong reasons. Big day at Auburn today, throwing to get back into the NFL. What do you? What, what, what chances do you give him uh, of getting back? Not high because teams, I think, want. He's a massive personality. He's a positive personality, but he wants to start, and he makes that clear. You would rather have a Brock Purdy or a Bailey Zappi on your roster for the same money because their role is to be a backup, and they kind of get that. They're also probably better and more accurate throwers than Cam Newton, while not nearly the leader or the experienced guy. If he wants to be a backup, hell, who wouldn't want him? If he wanted to do that job, but I don't think that he realistically looks at himself as that. That's my opinion. I mean, I think he he just can't throw. If you want to have a player who can't throw, then you have to have some off-the-charts aspect that you can count on. And he kind of did it for a year with 12 rushing touchdowns. But he had eight touchdowns and 12 picks, too. Can't have it. So, Tom, I want you to uh, – I'm going to ask you one more question. Then we got a break, we got a trend, and we got what? Big Deal, No Big Deal coming up. But I want you to stick around at 1220, 1221 for Big Deal, No Big Deal because I'm going to ask you the question of one of the topics that we have. Quick answer, okay? If you were on a plane – and you had a slight cough, and somebody sitting next to you, uh, another passenger, tried to get you kicked off the plane because of that cough, what would you do? What would I ideally do? Yeah. What would you do? Ideally, I would smile, laugh, and put in my AirPods. Okay, so you wouldn't even address it, right? So here's I'm the sure thing. That I would- Sure that I wouldn't be because I'm a big baby would okay. not be able to. You'd, you'd be surprised at how uh, you know contentious these situations get because this actually happened to a former Heisman Trophy winner who actually sent out a video message because this very situation happened to him. If you stick around and if you listen, you'll hear exactly how it ends. What kind of cough it is? I want to hear the kind. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it at twelve twenty. So get off the phone. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next All week. Right. See you, buddy. Thank you. That's Tommy Kern Thank on the Harvey One Hotline. 